Casing the Cover is a bi-monthly podcast series hosted by Mary and Jen. That's me. In our day-to-day experiences, Mary and I happen across numerous crappy covers, atrocious authors, and sad, sad titles. We spend a healthy amount of time decoding how cover designs can be humorously contrary to the story within or used to lure readers based on demographic or current trends. Should you judge a book by the cover? Join Mary and Jen on the case to find out. Hello and welcome to another episode of Casing the Cover, the book podcast where one of us reads and the other one does her nails. I am Mary and with me as always is my co-host Jen. Hi Jen. Hello. Did you hear me this time? A little bit. The the you know the zooming leaves much to be to be desired. Your mic does not like you to even slightly go high pitched. I I know and as I was just regaling to you that I am doing this songwriting challenge thing this month and some for some reason it doesn't mind my awful squeaky voice in that. Um, I do wish I could edit my voice. I don't but... know that it, maybe it's not your mic. Maybe it's just uh, maybe Zoom decides that you're too loud and cuts you off zoom has decided i am too loud maybe i don't i don't really know <laughs> zoom zoom i use it but i don't understand it it's the black magic of zoom because we don't understand it much like the black magic that i will talk about in the book that i'm covering today N- nice transition jen i i segued that really nice tonight <laughs> We are still working through Jen's backlog. I think we're catching up. Sure, we'll say you're catching up with well, my backlog. Catching up with the ones you you wanted to talk about here, anyway. Yes, there are quite a few that I probably will never talk about on the podcast, just because like they were good, but they didn't really have a whole lot to offer. And also, like their covers weren't something spectacularly amazing that I had to be like, oh, I must talk about this book cover. Um, the one that I want to talk about today is the grace year, which you have been alluding to like for months because I loved it, loved it and hated it and was torn apart by it. And it was exactly what I needed at the time because so, okay, so let's start with the cover itself. The cover is kind of a pastel pale pink cover. And it says Grace Year in pretty bold sans serif block lettering. I'm pulling it up so I have it here too. Okay, yeah, because it's very hard for me to like show you on this. And it's a profile of a girl's head bust, I guess we shall say. Not bust like breasts, bust like the statuary. Um, And it's in profile. And her hair is braided and the braid has like a red ribbon woven through it. Mm-hmm. But the longer you look at this, the more, I don't know. Do you have it in front of you? Yeah. The ribbon is blood. The ribbon is blood. The end of the ribbon turns into like a trail of blood. Yes. And so there's so many layers. And also there's like this sort of faded tracing of a flower it's really hard to see in pictures it's but, kind of yeah it's it's this white it's this really pastel pink background mm-hmm. with then this white overlaid flower on it so it's hard to see because the the outline of the flower is barely a different color than the background yes 
because the background is light smoky pink and it's not a very different color right and there is a different cover for this okay um oh is it the hand one yes and it looks like it's in german or something well i see that i see the grace here gray hand um and it looks like it's like spray painted holding a red flower that also looks spray painted and the title looks spray painted is that the one you're talking about oh there's a third one then this one doesn't look like a different language this one looks like it's in english yeah this one has got like um so the top part says the resistance starts here yeah and the flower is bleeding instead of her ribbon yes and then the one that's in german also says the resistance starts here but it's written in german and the flower is yeah and it's like a little red flower it's less rose-like or lily-like than the others are. Yeah. Well, this one, the German one, also, there's no bleeding. It's just a flower. Yeah. So, okay, layers upon layers of magnificence in this cover. Which one? Uh, kind of all of them, but mostly the original one that I found when I was looking through it. So I okay. thought, okay, this is either going to be like, because it's teen preface. This I think is a teen novel. I think the hand is the ebook cover, and the the face is the cover of the book book. Yeah. So, so much yikes that this is a teen book, but I understand okay. because teens are all about the dystopian future thing. Yeah, teen books actually get really dark and like angsty and violent and there's a lot in teen fiction yes and i was a little like i thought oh i'm gonna read a fluffy teen gothic romance kind of thing you don't read a lot of ya do you jen i don't and i feel like i should read more because one of the other ones that i read was a libra bray book and she's just crazy so i found a genre i read more of than you (laughs) yes and I okay so oh my gosh there's so many things I want to talk about I'm like bouncing all over the place with this book all right let's start with Kim Leggett who I hope I pronounced that right l-i-g-g-e-t-t-i that sounds right sorry no i at the end anyway this book apparently won her some awards one of which being the Bram Stoker award Okay. So yeah, it's dark and jacked up. And what the hell? Um the the idea of blood and bleeding and the red ribbon thing is all female centric stuff. So obviously these are girls who are coming of age. When they come of age, they have to go to this camp because they have dark magic. And they have to be purged of their dark magic. And so they're sent off to this camp and most of them kind of don't come back because you, you I don't want to give away the book because this is another one that I'm like, please read this because it's freaking fantastic. It will shred you, but it's really good. You want me to read this book that's going to hurt me? That's, that's Yes, it, it, but it'll hurt you in a good way. I don't know. It just... It gutted me and it was so wonderful and awful at the same time. 
the so the girls in the village have to wear their hair braided all the time because you know if their hair is out in a while that's bad magic too so they have this red ribbon that they have to keep in their hair and when they get to this camp they can take their red ribbon out because they are also kind of technically free from the confines of their village and then there's like this whole tribe of people who are like hunting them and that's why they have to stay inside the camp and there is always this kind of i don't know over overarching concern about black magic that these girls have dark magic and i don't want to give too much away but it is more dystopian than fantasy so the magic may or may not be what they think it is. The magic is a lie from the government to keep them in line kind of a thing. Okay, yeah, the magic's a lie from the government to keep them in line. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> this is a dystopian YA. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so there's obviously way more girls than boys in this village. So they're eliminating the girls. Mm. And they end up kind of eliminating themselves. So this is Handmaid's Tale with Lord of the Flies with Shyamalan's The Village. Mm. Just smash them all together and you get the grazier. That sounds about right for why. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you would think that if they took those three things and put them together, it would be like, what am I reading? This is awful, but it's not. I'm so invested in these characters and I, I think because it does lean very heavy on the Lord of the Flies feel of like people, the strong preying on the weak mm -hmm. it, and these are people that you trusted and you should trust and, and why are they acting like this and you know and and there's this the one girl who is logical about everything and that's obviously not going to work out, you know. So um, there's the power hungry people and all of this. So all the while, there is also the whole thing is they talk to each other. There's sort of a language of flowers, which I don't know how much you know about mythology and folklore and flowers, but there really is like a language of flowers. And probably not as much as you do. That seems more like something in your wheelhouse than mine. Yes, it's very much in my wheelhouse. But yeah, so like obviously with roses, with roses especially. So like red roses mean romantic love. Right, uh, yellow is friendship. I know some of it. Yeah, okay. So basically the same thing. Only this does go across the board with like all types of flowers. So like chrysanthemums, I think are like maternity kind of things or uh, maternal love and poppies are, are good luck. I don't remember. It, it's a lot. I look it up if I need to, um, <laughs> just to make sure I don't send something to somebody that's like, that said, read between the lines. Um, this is just making me, there's a, one of my favorite, okay, total sidetrack. One of my favorite guilty pleasure movies of all time is Kate and Leopold. Have you ever seen that movie? I have never seen that It's movie. like a naughty's comedy. It's not a rom-com, I guess, with Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan in which Hugh Jackman is like a Victorian era um, Duke who time travels to the future and falls in love with Meg Ryan. It's very silly, but I love it so much because 
Hugh Jackman is a babe and he's so handsome and beautiful and wonderful and he's you know royalty it's the it's the fantasy thing okay um, but he goes with a random you know modern man who doesn't understand what flowers mean to a florist to get flowers for the guys you know he wants to hook up with girl and he just pulls like a random assortment of flowers off the shelf and Hugh Jackman's like dude you're telling her that you detest her and that <laughs> she she vexed it like he's just telling her what the flowers all mean and yeah. then he has to like help him pick a bouquet that's all I remember when you talk about like language of flowers just Hugh Jackman looking very dandy picking up flowers because yes there is a whole language of flowers and see I know you said that it's in my wheelhouse because it's some new age woo-woo thing but say really, that it but that's what you meant no because you uh you're more historically inclined than I am and you're more into mythology and into cultural stuff and it just seems like something that is one of those like nuggets of information that lives in your brain whereas stuff that lives in my brain is like you know this random piece of movie trivia from some movie that no one has seen except me it just fits in your brain better than it does mine that's all yeah 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 that's that's the square peg round hole situations with us (laughs) like you have all the squares and I have all the rounds and I will give you my squares and I will take the rounds it'll be fine I'm pretty sure I said that backwards but anyway (laughs) um so yes the language of flowers is super important in this um there's a lot of nuance in like knowing what people are saying with the flowers which I mean if you don't know the language of flowers she pretty much lays it out for you on how things work but I like that the flower on the cover is sort of just in the background it's sort of like and it's a line flower so it's it's between the lines like the message is between the lines Maybe I am reading way more into this cover than I should be. Yeah, it's hard to tell what flower it even is. I mean, it kind of looks like a couple different flowers on it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a lily, kind of a I don't I don't know. One looks like a profile of like the side profile of a rose, one looks like a lily, one looks like it's not open, so you can't tell what it is. Yeah. And then, which, you know, again, it, there's all these different flowers that have this conversation that go throughout the book. The biggest thing that I absolutely loved about this is how, like, the, it's also kind of a mystery in that it tells you kind of everything that's been going on. If you pay attention to the flowers, if you pay attention to what the characters are doing, I actually went through this book, read it to the end, and then went, wait a minute, what just happened? And even the pieces that I thought I was like putting together, I didn't have the whole picture. And I'm the kind of person who's like, you know, five minutes to 12 minutes into a movie, I can tell you how it ends. Mm-hmm. I read most books and I can say, oh, well, I know where this is going, but I'm enjoying the ride, so I'll keep going. This thing had me so confused, but not in a bad writing sort of way, if that makes sense. It just, it, it kept, it, you, you couldn't figure it out. It was ahead of you. Yeah, it was ahead of me. And 
I think it did that really well without that being the purpose of it. Mm -hmm. Like the purpose was this, the purpose is it's a coming of age story. It's a really jacked up coming of age story, but that's what it is. And like kind of all the trials and tribulations and how do you, you know, escape your past, escape an abuse cycle, all of these kinds of things, but it's also a mystery. And in that mystery, you kind of also learn about how she may have been completely oblivious to how much help she's always had. Mm. So like, even though she was in a bad situation in this village, she wasn't as bad as what other people were, which is Mm. what kind of paved the way for her to become what she's become. Um, And I I just, I'm giving away way more than this. (laughs) So stop here, go read the book and come back and listen. Because I'm going to spoil the whole book. It's just going to happen. I I can't help it because it just, it blew my mind that much. But like the, so yes, this is spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I've said it enough times. I don't care if you spoil. They have to go to this camp and the well is poisoned in this camp and it's like hallucinogenically poisoned. So like whatever mushrooms are growing in there. So of course they think that their magic is happening Mm. because they're high as kites. (laughs) So they have no idea that the more they drink this water, the more they're getting like agitated with each other. And they think that the sky is moving. It's like some tripping balls, LSD mushrooms kind of thing going on. And she tries to tell them this, but they, um, exile her and that's basically what saves her is that she is exiled she's at the top of this ridge and like the earth kind of crumbles away and she discovers this body that has a red ribbon still in it like kind of half a red ribbon clutched to it or something Mm -hmm. and this goes all the way back to there's this one guy who has been so nice to her in the village and he's so sad because he had proposed to this girl several years ago and she never came back and she's like oh my gosh this is the girl who never came back it has to be and like they killed her and this is awful And when I get back I have to tell him that is not what happened like did he murder her he murdered her it's totally so screwed up and then like the people who they're they're surrounded they're walled into well fenced in i guess into this camp and on the outside of the camp there's these hunters who are this other tribe of people who come and basically call the herd of these girls which the girls are safe inside this camp they have plenty of food they have plenty of water they have all this stuff but because they're basically trying to they don't trust each other because they're all high and think that they shouldn't trust each other. And all this stuff is happening. Uh, very Lord. This is the Lord of the flies part. Yeah. So they start kicking each other out to these murderers. So is the point of the camp that everyone gets high and then they all turn on each other and they kill each other off. And then whoever's left goes back. Yes. 
And then they just don't talk about it in the village because they've been so like conditioned to be like, well, that was just our magic. So now we never speak of this again. In the grand scheme of dystopian government, like control plans, this is the one thing I don't really like about dystopian teen fiction. Because when you look at like dystopian adult fiction, it's always like everyone's drugged into submission and the government just comes through and just shoots people. And, you know, like if you look your 1984s and your and your uh, Brave New Worlds and all that. Whereas in like YA um, fiction, they still go with like the chosen one narrative, even though it's not fantasy, it's sci-fi. Yeah. So there's like these really convoluted reasons for why things are happening. Like, did you did you ever read The Hunger Games? Have you seen The Hunger Games? I have neither seen nor read The Hunger Games. I started reading it, and I gotta confess, I didn't like her writing style. Fair thing is, like, the character of Katniss is kind of, a lot of people criticized it in the movies, too. They're like, oh, she's, as a heroine, she's really boring to watch. But this is a character whose trauma basically has made them kind of shut down. Um, so it's she's kind of not the easiest protagonist to like relate to, but like the the convoluted oh there was a war and the government retaliated by they pull a person from every district and there's districts and each district only does one thing and then you know these people are over here and then this people's over there and and it, like the the premise the premises of these dystopian teen novels are a little convoluted. The other really really bad one is I, mean, I like Hunger Games. I'm not I'm not like downing it but um the divergent books where they basically get they all get into organized into hogwarts houses but on a societal level and like because some of them have more than one personality type and that's bad and so those people have to hide i just sometimes teen fiction gets a little convoluted and so I, like in the grand scheme of things if you have too many women and versus how many men in yours is village wouldn't it make sense when they all go to the camp to just, you know, actually poison a few of them and send the rest home? Right. Yes. But apparently it's also a means, this goes into the Handmaid's Tale part of it, which is because they like basically tortured each other. There's this weird sort of like pack bonding that happens. And they do, they know like, at any moment, one of them could rise up and murder the other one. Like, they've seen them kill each other. So they're like, gee, maybe I should be good because gossip in this small town might actually cause you to die. Which does happen. They they do have also, like, witch burnings and things like that that happen in the town. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of control that happens with this. And I can actually see how this works because it also creates a natural pecking order for the women in the village because they're not going to, if they all hate each other, they're not going to rise up against the men. They're going to pick on each other. Right, they're too busy worrying about each other. So it makes sense. Like I, I can actually see from a societal control perspective, this could work, you know? And then you have the hunters who everybody thinks are like some kind of cannibals or something like that. They are hired by the men of the village to kill the girls. 
and the men know full well about these people. So why are they killing the girls? Because again, if they get shoved out of the camp, they they then, you know, they just call the herd. It's one more way to call the herd. Saying their their calling is taking too many steps. That's my only my only uh concern is like you're you're calling in the most convoluted way possible. It's like first we're gonna put all the chickens in one coop and we're not gonna give them enough food. So they're gonna peck each other and then they're gonna kick each other out of the coop and then we're gonna send some foxes after them too. And if foxes don't get them, then they're gonna go over here and there's an alligator in the moat. And if the moat doesn't, if the moat drains and the alligator doesn't live, then we're gonna send some wildebeest to trample them. I'm like just just you could just you could just twist the chicken's neck and then you'd have less chickens. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of get that, but the reason why the girls all stay inside this fenced-in area and don't try to run home is because of the fear of being attacked. Mm. So I get it. You basically built a barbed wire fence with guards and put them all in there until they try to kill each other. And at the end of the year they can come back. And then what so, happens to the girls who come back? They just, just exist in the society? They're, well, they're married off. They, if they were not, this is the other thing that I think is totally jacked up. They have the girls be like proposed to before they leave on this thing. And obviously there's a limited number of proposals available. So these girls come back and if the ones that were proposed to don't come back, the boys have to wait like another year to propose to another girl. And I'm like, wait, what the heck is going on? So that was a little weird for me, but I think maybe what it did do is create kind of um, that, that bitterness and pettiness too of like, well, gee, that boy who I liked proposed to you instead of me. So now I'm going to kill you because of it. So the way I look at these kinds of things with respect to Lord of the Flies, we'll just go back with this. It's really about like shaking off your juvenile um, energy. Like you think about it, teenagers are naturally moody and bitchy and hate each other and jealous over every petty little thing. It's high school with weapons. Um, so yeah, it's it's high school, but with weapons. When you have Lord of the Flies, it was basically, they established a pecking order right away and bullying was taken to the next level. Mm-hmm. With this as well, bullying is taken to the next level. You know it happens. We know that teenagers bully each other. We know that they establish cliques and like, will the strongest survive? through high school kind of thing. This just kind of ups the ante on it. So that's why, like you mentioned earlier, how like in adult dystopian, the government comes down on the people. Mm-hmm. In teen dystopian, it's the government is using your behaviors to control you. Yes. So adjust your behaviors catch wise to how the adults are treating you and you will overcome yeah but then i mean you keep using the example of lord of the flies 
Lord, the flies, the point is that these are all, these are children who are all left to their own devices with no interference and no one to tell them what to do. And that's what makes them turn on each other. Not, oh, well, there's too much interference and we're poisoning the water and, and we're playing these games and like, you know, there's not as much, I guess, psychological like manipulation of it. It's just what happens when you put a bunch of kids to their own devices in the middle of nowhere, well, they go a little savage. This like, well, these women need a lot, a lot of help to go savage. Now you've got it. Boys don't need a lot of help to go savage. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I just lost half our listener base, but anyway. Well, that's, I mean, that's also true. I don't think that's untrue. I, I don't really think it's untrue. I, and again, the gentleman in the audience, all the apologies, but let's be real. Well, it's also societal, like society-wise, the way that men are often raised versus the way that women are raised. Women are raised to be more manipulative to get what they want, whereas men are told, oh, just go punch it out. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing. You You have to create these, hoops for the as you said the hens to jump through and when they can't get through that they blame each other Mm -hmm. instead of blaming the system all right and now back to the flowers okay so i love that it is a red flower on the other covers Mm -hmm. because while the white flower kind of hidden in the background is that hey, let's read between the lines on what people are saying, energy. The red flower is actually a symbol that's used in the book. That little red flower shows up like in all these weird ways Mm -hmm. for the main character. And you kind of start to wonder if it showed up in all these weird ways for all of the girls and just we only ever saw it through the eyes of the main character. And she seems to think that she's the only one that's not like sucked into this whole thing. But it's the hallucinogens. Yeah, that like they see this red flower in the village Mm. and she sees this red flower as they're walking into the camp. And it's just one and she sees the one red flower as they're exiting the camp. So like, obviously everybody else walked the same paths that you do. Everybody else lived in the same village you do. Why do you think you're the only one that saw this flower? And what the flower is, is it is basically a sign of the resistance. And all of the women keep this flower like underneath their clothing. Every generation is starting to catch wise to what the men are doing. Mm -hmm. And they are finding ways to, again, manipulate their surroundings and their government but they're still very quiet about it and they have to find subtle ways and they have to know like, is it safe to talk to this woman? Is it safe to talk to that one? Or has she, is she no longer part of our little club kind of thing? So, and and I say all the women, but like there are, there's like a selection of women in the village that have this little red flower Mm -hmm. and like, it just keeps popping up. So I like that it's a red flower on the cover. It's on the alternate cover. Yes, it's on the alternate cover, which now I'm not sure which cover I like better because I like the pink cover because it is so pink. It is so, this is a girly, girly, girly situation. And and yet 
so delicate and you know grace year you you think looking at it like oh this is gonna be like i said i thought it was gonna be a gothic romance kind of thing it was not that so this was published 2019 so that's actually fairly recent it is um, which is actually kind of surprising because i mean i feel like we're a, a few years past the height of dystopian fiction in, in ya i mean it's always going to be a a feature of ya because it it this especially the kind of dystopian that ends up in ya is very emotionally motivated it's very tense and that's the thing about ya is most ya is emotionally motivated because that's what teenagers are dealing with you know they're dealing with we're growing up and emotions suck so fantasy ya um dystopian ya kids have cancer ya all of it is very emotionally motivated um but that being so it's always going to be a thing in ya that being said you know we kind of hit the ya like the surge of ya the big surge was was of course when the hunger games were big it was what mid mid 2010s early 2010s um yeah i think what hunger games probably came out like 2009 Um, i'm wrong one to ask about that i'm gonna look it up because but like so so this book has 2012 when the movie came out so i think the books came out slightly before that um let me see here's the book when was it published first book hunger games 2008 so i was slightly off i know my way that's a good guess yeah um and the movies were like mid 2010s about um but the 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 braid in the hair is very katniss um it is and so like pardon me looking at this and you said they wear their hair in braids in the book which makes more sense but my first instinct seeing this oh it's a dystopian novel she's got a braid in her hair and it's really blood that made me wonder if this was well they put a braid on the cover because it's dystopian YA and kids will connect the dystopian YA to the big dystopian YA which is Hunger Games yeah but it's it really okay so I know you're you're saying that like it was kind of it's at the end of the curve well it kind of is past it's well past the curve I think it's maybe might get lumped into a future curve if YA comes back but YA pretty much died out probably around 2017, 2016. With the dystopian. The, yeah, dystopian YA kind of, the, the the peak of it died out. That's about when Hunger Games finished up. Um, the, um, and I mean, like again, in, in books is different than movies, but like the peak of when it was super popular and all the companies, both film and publishing companies were snatching up every YA to get their hands on. Peak of that was probably mid 2010s because that's when Hunger Games is petering out and they were like, what can we replace it with? Yeah. And that's when I, you got your Divergence and your Maze Runners and your Wave Fives and your I Am Number Fours, of which only one of those made any money and they f- didn't make a f- last movie because they didn't make enough money. So I think that's kind of when those started to peter out. And this kind of came after that wave. And I so... I think that is why it doesn't look anything like those. No, it, it also 
it looks more like it really looks more like a teen romance novel not really no it doesn't because i feel like it's not futuristic if does that make sense yeah that makes sense but i also feel like why like why a romance especially the cutesy romances go for kind of like almost like a lot of um i'm trying to think of like the genre in adult fiction a lot of them go for that kind of like cartoonish cover art where like you have kind of like um drawn they don't look like real people they look like a cartoon I'm, I'm trying to think of like a good example of this but I feel like that's where more YA romance and like rom-com-y kind of stuff goes more to like that cutesy like drawn cover kind of a thing I guess for me looking at this cover did not give me that energy of typical dystopian teen novel yeah that's fair maybe that is because they recognize that hey this this is not a thing we need to bandwagon onto anymore we don't need to look like divergent we don't need to look like hunger games with the bold like not bold not bright bold colors but the bolder heavier colors heavier hue saturation if you will with it and bigger bolder lettering this is more it feels like a book for girls but like like rise up kind of book for girls but it also I, I feel like it's kind of like a girlier interpretation of a dystopian cover yes yes but it still has those elements of a dystopian cover to me yeah I, I do think it also kind of has that that gothic thing and again this I was reading this right when I was still writing um, the gothic horror novel that I was working on. So yes, I was looking for books to inspire me and push me along to write my gothic horror novel. So I picked this up thinking, hey, this looks like gothic horror and it has a flower on on it. Oh, what just happened? I'm are sharing you things with you. Okay. So go ahead, keep, finish what you're saying. And I'm gonna show you what I'm talking about, but finish um, what you're saying. So yes, the, <laughs> totally putting me off. The flower the girl with the you know braided hair or updo hair i guess all felt very gothic to me rather than um dystopian i was not expecting dystopian but at the same time it feels very those yes the selection ones those are also dystopian continue oh my gosh okay no i'm i'm totally now I'm watching. I'm, just, I'm distracting you with pictures. So <laughs> I, I only want to make a point, which is those are all movie covers. I don't want you to look at those. Um, I guess my point is the, the design of it is kind of this more simplistic of Gracier. This simplistic background, the the very like, ver, um, that's what I'm looking for. Like the very like standout image on it that's got that hint. It's It's pretty, but there's also a hint of darkness to it. Like that for me holds a lot of similarities to something like that's more of a typical, like if I had looked at it, I would have guessed it was a dystopian before I guessed it was a romp. Like if I looked at that without having you told me anything based on the fact that I have read too many um, dystopian YA novels, 
I would have guessed it was a dystopian YA over anything else you just told me. like over um a gothic or over a horror because all the all the horror stuff in YA has like creepy women on it and pretty dresses yes and she's just not having the dress okay I'm gonna say divergent and Hunger Games is very masculine looking yes but that's what I'm saying I think that the Gracier looks like a prettier version of that similar style of kind of background with standout image on it and I pulled the selection which is in and of itself pretty dystopian um is it yes these are dystopian sort of they're so the selection series um they don't they look more like fantasy novels because they have these very pretty blingy dresses on the front but they're kind of like in a world where the bachelor is the hunger games they're like in this post-apocalyptic kind of the world is kind of barely put back together and now there's a royal class and a caste system and one girl from each um district not really but gets to kind of compete in a giant bachelor tournament to try to become the queen okay see this this and gracier i would put in the same category so that's dystopian for girls. Yeah, dystopian for girls. All of YA is for girls. But then here's <laughs> Uglies, which is also like dystopian for girls. I have never seen this one. You've never, you've never heard of Uglies? I've never read Uglies. But it's like, these all kind of feel more, like Gracier I feel fits these better than now I'm going to show you um, your, your rom-commy YA books. Oh, in no way did I think it was going to be rom-com. I thought it was going to be gothic. Like gothic. Yeah. I just, I don't really know how big of a movement that is in YA. And much because I don't, I don't really read that kind of YA. I feel like the gothic romance stuff is tied into the retold fairy tales. Yeah. But those lean way more fantasy. Like I said, pretty Floyd dresses kind of more like selection looks like it fits that more than it fits like dystopian. But like you look what's big in like YA romance right now. Look at Rainbow Rowell. Look at, you know, it was Simon versus the Hope Most Sapiens was the book I was trying to think of. They uh, go more for that kind of animated, drawn, yeah, um, kind of high contrast. Yes. Very yes. bright, very pretty. This this cover doesn't fit those for me. Um, no, but the other version kind of kind does. of does. Yeah. The it's um, got that high contrast to it. But yeah, I I feel like the cover of this book draws in exactly the type of person who needs to read this book. Like if a girl comes in and is totally drawn to the pretty pink cover, she needs her pretty pink cover shook a bit. <laughs> I'm like, I... I'm about to introduce you to the real world, my dear, is, is kind of how I feel about this, this book cover. It lies a little bit, but to lure you in, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I think you're, I, I think it's a little more straightforward. I think it, the, the thing is the, the sinister like elements of that cover are pretty prominent. 
Yeah, if you look at it long enough. Yeah. At a glance, it's a pretty girl on a pretty pink cover. And but the but the type is over her face. So you can't actually yeah. see her pretty. And her ribbon is bloody and the the type is also kind of messed up. And yeah. there are like elements to it that tell me this is not a pretty girl cover. Right. There is something lurking beneath right. the surface. But I like it better than the Vive la Revolution. Yeah, I don't like that cover. Lack that of better terminology for the other cover, even yeah. though it tells the story a bit straighter. Like, here's the red flower, and this is what it's all about, is these girls and this red flower. And it, it's, it's not as interesting of a cover. It's not, because it, the okay, again, the type of girl who's going to pick up that cover is already started a revolution or two, let's be honest. If she's already picking up books that are like, this looks like a revolution. I'm going to start another revolution or I want to start a revolution. Whereas if you pick up the Gracier, you're kind of going, I really wish I had the wherewithal to start a revolution. How, <laughs> how would I do that? You know what I mean? It's much more subtle. Here's something you and I might need to do a little research on. I like research. Well, then maybe I'll set you on this. I wonder when, when a book, when a publishing company publishes a book and picks a cover, if there's some sort of thing about it or their deal with the cover artist or something that determines whether or not that cover can be used on anything besides the print co copy of the book. Because I wonder why so many books have different covers for their audio or ebook version. Yes. And you notice the copy, the cover for the audio and or ebook almost is always a more simplistic cover. And I almost wonder if it's because they put money into designing something eye-catching for a physical book that they don't feel like they need if you're going to buy an ebook because you're not picking it up and looking at the cover. You're looking at the description. You're looking at the keywords because of the way you shop. And well, I wonder and I if they go, we don't need to put as much research and time and energy into designing something that's just going to go as a thumbnail on a web page and isn't going to be a thing you hold in your hand and look at. Well, and also the thing that you hold in your hand and look at you can really look at mm -hmm. and and kind of feel it whereas an image on a screen it kind of has to be bolder and blockier to grasp it quickly mm -hmm. like if i'm flipping through on my screen i i would flip right past the gracier it's pink it's got a girl on the cover and we gone right i wouldn't get the blood on the ribbon I wouldn't get the blocky letters I wouldn't get the flower honestly mm -hmm. I would, would not get that at all but if you have a monochromatic color cover with a bright red flower on it you have made a statement and your eye is caught in in an instant monochromatic cover with a bright red flower on it I wonder where they got that idea it all comes back to twilight Jen It does not all come back to Twilight. <laughs> what have we done? Oh, I don't like that. You were so subtle with that. I did not even get it until you said it. Circle of life. 
damn you. But I, I do, I do wonder if that's, that's why it, you're right. It is because you're flipping, you need something that's more like immediately recognizable as standing out. Maybe that is why you get such different covers between audiobook and ebook versus physical copy. We need to pay more attention to that when we do these books. Yeah. I mean, I usually go looking for both of them just to see if there's a difference, but some have been like crazy. I'm going to go all the way back to our very first episode with this Fat Bob Dead Yet and the completely different covers mm -hmm. on that. Whereas the chemist didn't have different covers. I wonder if it, it probably has a lot to do with A, like what publisher it's coming through, if they can afford to make two different covers for two different versions of the book. And B, if it's a book that has someone has a fan base of people who are going to go read it anyway these mystery books the 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 romance that have a thousand books by the same author you're just gonna read the whole series patterson novels stephanie meyer big authors if they don't bother putting the time into creating an extra cover because the fan base is already there yeah versus something like this where you're trying to catch people's attention and so you're going two different ways about it when you're looking at a physical cover versus an e-cover yeah, and well, like I said, with this one, she she won um, awards for this one. So maybe it had to do with like pre-award, post-award, almost the same thing as like um, pre-movie, post-movie. But that the pre-movie, post-movie thing, it, the thing is, I don't think awards drive up sales necessarily because it's kind of like Oscars. You, you You're not as into movies as I am. But the thing is, when you go to the Oscars, when you do like Oscar polls and stuff, the general public has maybe seen one Oscar contender. The people who, who pick things to be awarded are not the same as people who go spend money on movies. I think the same is probably true for books. The people who pick books that are award contenders are not the same as people who go buy a book in a bookstore. Although I will say that knowing about this Bram Stoker award thing, and now having accidentally read multiple authors who have won it, now I'm looking. You are, but as a teenager going to? Probably not. You're probably right. They're picking a cover that looks the most interesting in the yeah. that format. And the thing behind movie covers is, remember that movie that you and your friends went and saw and you liked it? This is the book. You should buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. I just... I do feel like, yes, I completely agree with you that the average public is going to be less particular about, did it win awards? Yeah. But somebody who reads this book and then goes, oh, well, you know, that was interesting. And then is looking for more that maybe kind of come from that. Yeah. I wonder if like, I don't know, changing a cover to match some of the other covers that won that award. Maybe. If like a whole bunch of them won the Bram Stoker Award, but like the one that had the biggest name author had like, you know, very bright, bold colors on it, maybe all the rest of them would go, hey, I think I've got a bright, bold cover for this because I want to match him mm -hmm. or her who got the, you know, who is the big name who won this award. And when people are then looking for other Bram Stoker award winners, they're like, I want to go get more of these. 
Um, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading way into that. But I wonder if the thought process crosses anybody's mind. Maybe. I think this is a case where the cover change is probably, like you said, motivated by that kind of contrasty cover is going to catch your eye more on a, on a screen than the pink cover is. Yeah, it's medium. It's mm-hmm. the medium of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's another thing we should do an episode on. Hmm. Like, what is it about digital media that makes us have to have a certain look on things? But I don't know. Part of it is because I think when you look at, when you're, especially ebooks and stuff, people are either reading them on a phone or an e-reader and, um, or on a, I, I suppose, well, most people I don't think use computers. They use a tablet or they use a phone to consume. Yeah, I don't, I can't imagine anyone reading a book on a laptop, maybe? Uh, no. Maybe. And so you want stuff to be easily consumable and easy to see and easy to read the stuff on it. Usually all the extra, the other thing you notice when you, when you're looking at stuff like through an ebook reader, whatever, is the covers also tend to not have any of the extra stuff on them that you see on the book cover, all the things that say it won this or that award. It's all gone. It's usually just author title image because they don't want them to get bogged down. You, you want someone to be scrolling and go, this is the one that I want. It yes. makes it easier. Unlike certain updated websites. Uh-huh. Who, who are you <laughs> trashing, Jen? <laughs> I'm nobody that I'm going to mention. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but Jen doesn't like your website. Anyway, that's pretty much all I have to say about the Grace Year, even though I was super excited about it. We've been talking I, for an hour, all you have to say. I, I don't know. There's no time on my screen. I just get, you know... And you know we're gonna cut a bunch of this anyway. It's still only forty-five minutes. It's fine. Yeah. Um. But yes, that is all I have to say about the Grace Year. I'm super excited about it. I think that you should read it. I hope that you listened and stopped at the spoiler point and are not spoiled because this is a book that you do have to like experience fully. Unless you're Mary, then you just listen to Jen spoil it. Oh, but it was so good. I cried, Mary. It made me cry. Someday I'll read books again, Jen. Someday. In my defense, I mean, you were also sick, but I was sick all week last week. Yes, yes. We have, we've been fighting the, the creeping crud that is not COVID. Yeah, we did not get the vid. We just got the other stuff. <laughs> the vid. It's now the vid. Wasn't it the Rona? Like the Rona. Yeah, I prefer the vid. It's a little easier to say. Okay, anyway, I have many more exciting books that uh, I will share with you briefly. Most of them are kind of dark and disturbing. I've been reading a lot of dark and disturbing. I don't apologize for that. You did read a nice pink cover for our Valentine's Day episode though. There you go. See, it's pink and it's for Valentine's Day. I totally didn't realize. Uh, question though, this is, this is the most important question before we, is there a love triangle? Yes, yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Oh my god! But it's a love triangle resolved by death. It doesn't matter as long if it's YA. There's got to be a love triangle. That's all there is to it. Oh my god! All YA has love triangles. You cannot avoid it. It it all of it. Every single YA ever has a love triangle There's, in it. If can I say that there might be two technically? Sure. Maybe three? there could be more than one. Yeah, because main girl kind of gets around a little. Hunger Games has a love triangle. Uh, actually, I don't know if the Divergent books do. 
all the books I've read so far have. Uh, the Wolf by Wolf had a love triangle. Um, what was the other one? Romanoff. Romanoff of a love triangle. I don't know if it did. Maybe it didn't. Now you have me deeply thinking about all the relationships that were happening in that book. The other one I read with the really long, obnoxious title that had a love triangle. The really good book with the title I can't remember for the life of me. Oh, the long, complicated title. Yeah. Yes. That one. Love triangle. They all have love triangles. Every single one. It's a YA. It's a YA trope. All YAs have love triangles. It's just they can't help themselves. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't read enough YA. This is probably why. You should read more YA. YA is actually, (laughs) YA, like I said, it's all very emotionally motivated, but there's also a lot of weird stuff in YA because they just have more freedom to do weird stuff in YA because they're not as restricted by genre. As long as you have a love triangle, you can do whatever you want. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Jen's going to write a YA now. I'm going to do a YA. I really thought that my gothic novel was going to be YA because the age of the characters. Then I was told that my um, vocabulary was a little too high-handed in it. Yay! We did Grace here finally. We finally did it. Uh, Anything else to say, Jen, about anything? I... No, I'm going to go crawl back into my hole and write songs for the month of February out of old angsty poems. Jen's writing music now. She's moved on from books. She's going to write an album. And then after that, you're going to write your YA. It's in my future, I'm sure. One of my trunk novels is got to be a YA somewhere. Oh, okay. So that's all I have. The grace here. We finally got there and then also hit like 20 tangents. See, we're tangenting and we know it's the end of an episode. Yes, when we tangent, it's the end. All right. Well, until next time when we talk about God knows what, something else in Jen's backlog. Yes. Uh, goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for cracking another case with Mary and Jen. To learn more about Casing the Cover, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Casing the Cover. To contact us or suggest a book, email casingthecoverpod at gmail.com. New episodes of Casing the Cover release the second and fourth Tuesday on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher.